I'm A.O. Benny. I'm Kiki. And we are Todd. Hey, you guys. Thanks again for joining us on our part two of 2020 recap. We just want to thank you all who listened to the first episode. We really do appreciate your support. So when talking about the second part of 2020, the most thing that comes to mind is just all the protests, looting, the rioting, the catastrophe that was May 25th of 2020, which was when George Floyd, a black man, was murdered by the police officers in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You know, the resulting uh, the result of that killing led to national civil unrest. You know, it led to a lot of us understanding where we stand on the racial line in this country. So, Kelly, when t- thinking about what happened, what comes to mind? Well, the first thing that definitely comes to mind is how protesters were met by such terrorism. And it, it really kind of angers me and upsets me. Um, I personally witnessed this as well. But the terror that followed these peaceful, peaceful protests and, um, you know, black men and women like or a diversity of people coming together to stand up for what was a life and lives lost and for it to be met by such terrorism and like armed men and tear gas. I think that is what really hurt me the most. When you have to think about everything that happened, this was really a monumental time in America when people were forced to confront racism and they were forced to understand where they stood. And for me personally, you just have to think about how everything just took place. You know, we heard about George Floyd dying. We saw how he died because there was mm-hmm. an eight minute and 46 second video of him laying on the ground with the police officer's knee on his neck. And watching that, you had to see the humanity in that. You had to see how awful that was. You had to see how they had no care in the world for this man's life. And them doing that regarded to him as how they regard to other black people in this country as useless, as criminals, as people unworthy of living. That's why they didn't care whether he lived or died, because the intention was to just treat him as if he was a criminal and unworthy of decency and respect. And therefore, by him doing, by the police officers doing that in Minnesota, it led a lot of us to realize how tragic and how much of a terrorism um, many police officers have been to many people in the black community. It's forcing a lot of people to understand where a lot of black people come from. And that's why I was so happy when there were so much protests around this entire country because people were out there of all different colors, all different races, sizes, and ages, telling people that black lives do matter. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that term had become so controversial that people weren't always in support of what it meant. But people had to understand that Black Lives Matter meant that Black Lives Matter the same as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Not saying that Black Lives Matter more, not saying that only Black Lives Matter, but saying that the lives of a Black person matters just yeah. as much as a white person, as much as a Latino person, Latina or Latinx as much as a Chinese, Asian, Japanese, mm-hmm. anybody under the, the dysphoria of Asia, anybody across this entire globe, the, our lives matter just as much as everybody else. And it's time the world recognized that. That's right. Yes. And I think that too is a very, very, very like important thing that he just brought up was the controversy of Black Lives Matter. And I think the biggest thing was why was it a controversy? I still don't understand. 
but that is the reality of it and why was it a controversy to protest and why were why were the people met with such rage mm. um especially you think about just the president of the united states this is supposed to be you know re representing you know our government and responding with such hate towards protesters and then i think about the minneapolis mayor and how he declared that protesting basically was terrorism which was even more upsetting because how is it terrorism to try and fight the terror? So when I think about all of this, I think about people who are trying to change what has been happening. This is not anything new. Um, this is something that has been highlighted in 2020, which I think that it's very sad that people had to die for this to happen. But at the same time, I almost felt like this was the only way to get other people to see because black pe people experience this every single day and we know the realities of being black. But for other people to see it, it takes such a dramatic turn of events. And in a way, I'm grateful for that for 2020, even though things, certain things seem like they have not changed. I think certain people's eyes have been opened and it's great to go out and protest and to see other people there too, not just people who look like me or Ben, but other people who also have started to understand why it's important to stand up for these things. And yeah, that, that I think is like the benefit of all of this. Yeah. Actually, this episode is pretty hard to talk about because this mm. stuff is still very, very recent. Yes. Um, it's on my mind, everything that happened from moment to moment. Um, for me personally, we have to think about why this all started in the first place because mm -hmm. it wasn't just George Floyd being murdered that everyone was so upset. Yes, that's enough to cause outrage worldwide. Uh, but the levels that this reached was unprecedented because we were overall just tired. Mm -hmm. We were tired of so many black people losing their lives. We have lost Trayvon Martin, Mike Brown, um, Eric Garner. We lost Oscar Grant. We lost Tamira Rice. We lost Philando Castile. We lost Alton Sterling. We lost so many people. But on top of that, in that month alone of May, we heard about Ahmaud Aubrey, a boy who was 25 years old, well, a man who was 25 years old. I apologize for that. And he was murdered by three people, basically, because he was just jogging while black. Mm -hmm. We heard about Breonna Taylor, who was murdered in her own home, in her own bed by police officers doing a no-knock search warrant. And, you know, we heard about those things and we heard about how long it took us to hear about them because Maude Aubrey died in February and Breonna Taylor died in March. But we did not hear about these events until the beginning to mid of May. And because of those cover ups, because of them trying to hide it under the rug, just made us outraged to the point where another black person was murdered senselessly. It caused us to say enough is enough. And because of that, we took to the streets because of that, we took to being aggressive because Martin Luther King Jr. said it best, riots and looting, that's the voice of the unheard. Exactly. Because we are tired of it just happening and nobody caring about it. This is, it was wrong, it was tragic, and things need to change. And people only got to the point of looting and rioting because the protest was being made with such harshness. It is, a, it is lawful, it is under the Constitution, the First Amendment, that we have a right to peacefully protest. Mm -hmm. So we can establish a place and we can peacefully protest there.
But for some reason, it has looked so negatively to protest in this country Mm -hmm. that the police try to threaten and try to harass protesters into dispersing because they're saying they're doing an unlawful assembly. Right. Now, that's when I went to my first protest this year, that's what happened. We were there. Nothing was going on until the police said, you are participating in an unlawful assembly. It is time to disperse. You must leave and vacate the area. Right. Now, when that happened, people weren't listening because we're peacefully protesting under our First Amendment right. But then they were met with force. Um, it takes a second for police to try to arrest people. It takes moments for someone to throw in a tear gas. It takes moments for things just to break loose. And once that happens, people stop caring about justice and stop caring about the law. And they turn to rioting. Exactly. They break things. They wreck stuff. And... To be honest, nobody really cared about what was happening with George Floyd in the world until people started rioting and right. disrupting their own areas. Right. Yes, and I think that when I think about it personally, that's why, just as Ben mentioned, that what Martin Luther King Jr. said, I think, exactly. I don't care to talk about the rioting. I don't care to talk about the looting. Um, I don't care to talk about these controversial things that people want to focus on when we we have an issue to talk about. The whole point is, why did this start? Did people just start rioting out of nowhere? Did people just start protesting for fun? Or was this was this caused by something? And the fact of the matter is, all the protests that I went to, they were peaceful. And with with the with the peaceful protests, we were met by force. And that's the thing. It's this this chaos that seemingly happened out of nowhere did not happen out of nowhere. And I just want people to have that context that people are not just going out and ruining businesses and causing chaos for no reason. Um, This happened because of something and that something was usually the police who were coming out armed and trying to essentially scare people from protesting and scare people from gathering and instead they said okay well since you know you don't care about what we're doing here and you want to meet us with force well then this is going to be our response and essentially I think that sometimes you know there is a time for peace there's a time for there's a time for war too and in this case I think people honestly were just tired of it and they just said you know what we're just we're just going to do whatever needs to be done and, you know, that ended up being a big part of what was talked about. But sometimes that's what that is what's needed. And there needs to be chaos for people to realize, OK, maybe something needs to change because otherwise nothing changes. So can you really blame the people? No. You know, when thinking about everything that happened, this was such a monumental moment in history because it forced so many companies to talk about and acknowledge black lives being at a disadvantage than everybody else. And the reason why I felt like that was so important is because the main thing that I heard around this entire area or just online is just that why would people tear up their own areas? Why would people tear up their own neighborhoods? When the truth is, these areas aren't ours. They don't belong to us. We haven't been given the opportunity to own property, to start multinational corporations, yeah. to be able to invest into things that, such as the community. And so when people tear things up, those aren't, they aren't tearing up their own communities. They just so happen to live there. But what I'm trying to say is, is that Black people have been at a disadvantage that we can't reach those levels of success. So for big national companies to acknowledge that they haven't been able to reach that success because of racism was so... 
It was such a moment that it moved me. Even though only words can do so much, only action can actually truly tell whether they believe it or not. But it was something just to hear those words and to see those words across every website, every company I went to, everywhere I went. Just to see that meant a lot to me. Yeah. I I agree. It's it it is something. It is something. It's it's something very simple, the phraseology of Black Lives Matter, but I think there is something even at the protest saying that mm. it really did something to me you yeah. know it really it it also in a way like it empowered me in a way too because of course like growing up as a woman of color as a black woman um of course like sometimes you kind of just feel a certain way you know you just feel maybe like less than and so saying that it's it's not, and that's the thing, it's not supposed to be something that's divisive. It's not supposed to be something that, um, to say, oh, we are better than you. Mm. Um, it is really something that I think is just so powerful for, for Black people. And it's just, it, it is definitely kind of like affirmation. Like, you know what, you do matter as a human being, <laughs> as a human life. Um, mm -hmm. And for other, especially younger people who are witnessing these things, to see, like, to feel that and to see that. Yeah. People are standing up for them. Yeah, but oh boy, did it make people mad. Saying that. <laughs> Oof. Now, if I was tired of anything, I was tired of non-black people <laughs> during this entire time. Mm. Because uh, just the responses we were getting from people really would rub a nerve. But yep. we'll talk about that at a later time. Yeah. But overall, just knowing that the words Black Lives Matter could trigger such people to such an extreme, whether in a positive way or a negative way is something to to look at i mean the word black lives matter caught like people are calling it controversial but it's not controversial it is a fact black lives matter mm -hmm. and you know as black people there is no way for us to actually talk about this without getting emotional so this is going to be very like you know generalized statements about what happened in this moment because we are like traumatized by those events. Yes. We are not okay. <laughs> Even still, mm -hmm. it is December and we're not okay yeah. because it was such a heavy, heavy moment in American history that affected us on a spiritual level. It affected us on a mental level. It affected us yeah. emotionally. And we need time to actually focus and dissect how we're feeling. And I tell all non-black people who are listening to this to let black people still mourn what has happened to still process these events and figure out how we feel about them figure out what we can do to like you know improve our own lives and non-black people need to understand how you can stop these horrors from happening by holding the people in your communities accountable by holding up your police accountable by holding up your mayor accountable by holding up your criminal justice system accountable because we vote all these people in and we have control how we how they're supposed to run our towns how they're supposed to run our communities and if they're not doing a just job then we need to hold them accountable and let the law handle them and if the law can't handle them then we need to vote them out Mm -hmm. basically mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes um we are traumatized i'll definitely say that i myself like i talking about this is it's really difficult and this happened like literally like months ago but it, it happened is, six months ago yeah. six <laughs> months ago but like come to think of it when i really think about it i'm like I think what also led me to action was thinking about, man, like, what if 
you know, when you look back in history and you look at like the civil rights movement and you're like, wow, like, would I have been there or would I have just been like sitting at home? Like, this is kind of our time to do this. It's like, we had people fighting for us before. And I feel like as a black woman, this is also my duty to fight for those who come after me because, you know, you're not just building the society for yourself. And, you know, for I'm not just building it for myself, for Ben and for all the other whatever black people that are living right now. It's like, no, this is history. And I realized I'm like, wow, like what side of history do I want to be on? Do I want to look back and be like, oh, yeah, like I didn't really do much. I actually just, you know, sat at home. Yeah, it was hurtful, but I didn't speak out. I didn't, you know, I didn't do anything. Um, I don't I don't want to be that person. And do you want to be that person? That's the thing. Like, what do you want to be? What side of history do you want to be on? This is our greatest moment for millennials to actually change something. And so I think we should take the opportunity not because... And just don't allow people's lives to be lost for essentially senselessly because it was a senseless loss of life. The way that these people's lives were taken from them when you talk about Ahmaud Aubrey, when you talk about Breonna Taylor, when you talk about George Floyd and so many others. But then it's like, okay, like, what are we going to do with that? We can use it to either, you know, just sit and ponder and be sad about it, of course, and mourn it. But then we can also use that as a way to get us to stand up and be like, no, this is wrong. And let's do something about it. You know, most importantly, we need to understand where people stand on this issue because it's no longer a negotiable issue. It is a whether you're for us or you're for them. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many excuses that people made why they couldn't come to the protests. And I, the only excuse I was willing to accept was because of COVID. Because you, you don't want to get sick. And I understand that. For me, this was something that I felt I could risk. <laughs> yes. I could risk getting COVID for this issue. It was because it was worth the risk. I'm fighting for people's lives. I'm fighting for my life, for my children's lives, for the lives of my family, because I don't want what happened to George Floyd happen to anybody else. And, you know, the sad thing is, is that unfortunately it might happen again. To that level, it might happen again. And, you know, I mourn in advance for whoever that is. And I hope it's not me, because it could very well be Mm -hmm. me that this happens to. Yeah, that's the thing. When you really think about it at the end of the day, like, my black men, woman, like, think about it. Like, it could be you. Like, it may seem so far removed because maybe you have no association to the person or maybe you are even a black person, one of the very rare black people of a certain status maybe who have not personally um, experienced any form of, like, discrimination or prejudice. But just to understand that it could also be you. Right. It's you're not you're not removed from it. I don't care where you come from. You're not. So and then for the non-black people, it's okay. maybe you won't personally experience it. But then how can you then use your privilege as a means to cause the other people who do not have that privilege to not to to essentially like not have to endure that or for it to be worse? Or how can you help them to advance this cause because that's another thing the your cause thing when people started telling us oh yeah this is your cause you know i'm here to support your cause and i was even just saying it too like that's just the way to think about it but that's actually the wrong way to think about it it's not your cause it's not it's not our cause is like the black community it's it's everyone's cause and i think that's another point mm-hmm. 
that we need to cut across is that this should be a fight for humanity, mm-hmm. for human life, and black lives are supposed to be included in that. Yeah, but overall, as a black person, it did affect me a little bit more than it affected a lot of other people because I'm like terrified sometimes when I get pulled over by police because you never know what could happen. Um, I haven't been pulled over since George Floyd died, but if I was to be pulled over, I'd be a little bit scared because like you never know what could happen. I could reach the wrong way like Philando Castile did. I could be questioning them a little bit too much like Sandra Bland did. I could be just minding my business like Tahrir Rice was. And you never know what could happen. And I could be shot senselessly. And it strikes a little bit fear every time we see the police. And the police should not be there for us to be fearful. The police are just there to be monitors. They're there to be community advocates. They're there to keep the peace. So why are they walking around as if they're, like, you know, the bullies in the neighborhood? And, like, we better watch out or they're going to beat us up. Like, that's just... It's just a tragic way to think that that's how the world works. But that's how the world works for black people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that this topic definitely requires more, more depth. There's definitely more depth to it, and it requires further discussion. But for this, we... We don't want to make this way too long. Yeah, we don't want to overwhelm you with this topic. Yeah, or overwhelm ourselves, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, and I, I really don't want to overwhelm myself. Yes. But we will be talking about this in, an, in another podcast. Not about, you know, this topic. Well, it's a big, it'll be this topic, but not necessarily talking about the protesting and everything like that. We're going to talk about the mess that happened with this whole Black Lives Matter thing mm-hmm. and how people responded to us. The response that we got from the community, yeah. from the church... From our family and friends, yes. from people who are ignorant, from people who I don't even know. I had strangers coming at me. But, you know, we'll go over that next time. But until then, I'm Ayo Benny. And I'm Kiki. And we are tired. <laughs>